You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are continuing a series this morning. It's called Redefined. And we've been talking about becoming people who live the way of Jesus. And that sounds very simple, but the truth is, is that for so often in churches throughout history, it's been very easy for us to talk about the faith, for us to know about the faith. Maybe we're one of those trivia people who, man, you can ask any question about the Bible and you're buzzing in, ready to answer. Um, But the question is, has that knowledge gone from your head to your heart? It's really easy for us to know about the Bible, really easy for us to know about the things of God, but not to let it seep into our hearts. And the whole goal of this series is that it's more than knowledge, but the things that we're talking about, that we can become more like Jesus, that we can begin to live these things out, not just talk about them, not just know about them, but live them out. And so throughout this series, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most beautiful sermons ever preached that Jesus preached to thousands of people. His disciples were there, religious leaders were there, a bunch of people were there. And in this sermon, he redefines what the faith looks like. He redefines people's views on God. He redefines so much. So today we're gonna continue in that as we talk about redefining something very specific. But before I get into that, um, how many of you ever had this moment with your kids growing up where you kind of go through different animal sounds and, uh, and you're making them say those sounds back to you? So, hey, Ellie, what does the pig say? Oink, oink, right? And, and so somebody was telling me this story about them doing that, right? They're going with their kids through all of these sounds, right? And then um, and they got to a gecko and they said, what does the gecko say? You want insurance? Like, uh, that's exactly what the kids said. So, so finally they get to this place where um, they say, what does dad say? And the kid goes, no, no. (laughs) And as I was thinking about that, I thought about our views on fatherhood. And I thought about how do we view our father? How do we view that? And as, as a room this size, let's be honest, we can have different views on what a father looks like. Because we've all had different kinds of fathers, some who were present, some who were not present. We've had fathers who were nice and fathers who were angry. We've had fathers who did a great job and maybe fathers who didn't do such a great job. And and oftentimes the Bible, it talks about about God being a father. And so in our heads, we can have a totally different mindset about what that looks like. But today I wanted to define that for you just a little bit because the scripture that we're getting into, it gets into that. And when it talks about God being a good father, and it talks about God being looking at him like a father, I want you to know that it might be different than what you experienced growing up. That God is a good father, that he wants good things for his kids, that he wants to bless his kids, that he loves his kids, and you're his kids. And, and so whatever the background for you looks like, let's start a new, a new way forward as we view God as father, to where we view him as good, we view him as loving, we view him as kind, wanting to bless us, that we view him in those terms. So let's get into the passage that we're getting into today. Matthew chapter seven, verses seven through eight, but look at it from that lens. It says this, it says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? 
If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So once again, in this passage, if we were just to take it as a whole and look at what we just read, we see right off the bat here that, man, God is viewed as a good father. He's a good father. He wants good things for his children. He's able to be um, present and you're able to come at him and talk to him. And there's not this distance between us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But when Jesus talks about prayer, I want us to know that he urges us to approach God like a child would approach their father, like a child would approach their good father. And I thought about so many moments throughout my life as a dad where my kids know because they've done it and they know what to experience that they can come up to me with their arms outstretched at any time, right? Dad, I need you. Dad, I need you. And I want to be a good father to them. And even this past weekend, we were at uh, Super Smart and my daughter Ellie was with us because, you know, we had both of our kids with us. And, and Ellie comes up to me at one point because she's really tired. She's five and all the other kids are tired too, but she's just done. And she raises her arms and says, Dad, can you hold me? And this is one of those moments, right, for Ellie being a little girl who is very independent at times where I'm soaking it in. But there's times that we all need that. There's all times when we need to go to our father and raise our hands and say, Dad, I need you. I need you to show up in this area of my life. And I love this text because it supports that. It says this. It says you have that kind of God in heaven that you can have that kind of relationship with that there's not this religious mindset to where you have to approach God a certain way, where you have to bow down a certain amount of times or say something specific before you can ever enter into his presence. But it says here that we, at any moment, can come to the Father and bring our requests, can come to the Father, and he loves us and wants a relationship with us. So some things that I see in this text is that we can come without formalities, and I think so often we come to church and maybe we're in a Bible study or a small group and we hear somebody pray who's been around church for a really long time and they know all the prayer words. They know the King James prayer version and you're listening to them like, what did they just say? Wow, that was so eloquent. I don't even know how to talk to God. And we can have this mindset that prayer looks a certain way but what prayer is, is it's a conversation. And it's you coming to your father in heaven and having a conversation with him and you don't need to use the big words and you don't need to come at it. In King James Version, you can come like a kid coming to their father, asking for help and asking to show up in different areas of your life. He's a good father and it doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to be shy about it. The Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can run to him. There doesn't need to be like, hey, dad, is it okay if I come in there? He says, come. Come boldly to the throne of grace and bring your requests. And I think this passage is trying to paint that picture for us. And as I looked at some commentaries, man, Luther was big on to saying, God is saying, come. With open arms, come. 
I want you near me. I want you close to me. I want you here. I want a relationship with you. I don't want you to feel distant. Maybe religious leaders have painted a picture of me being very distant and me being far and me not wanting you in my presence unless you're good enough, but that is false. I want you close. I want you near. And it's beautiful to see. So there's no shyness. There's no getting to know you. Hey, let me, let me be real shy and real standoffish until I get to know you better. No, he says, come, come. No holding back your requests. So God wants us to see that at any time we could come and bring our requests, that we can come ask, seek, and knock and be in his presence because of Jesus and what Jesus accomplished for us. He wants a relationship with you and he made a way for that to happen. But as we continue our approach to prayer, it needs to be one of faith. And we see here that he expects and he's asking that we come and bring our requests and that we kind of have this expectation that what we ask for, that we're going to receive, that we are going to receive those things. But let me stop here because when you hear that, you think, oh, really, Jesse? So we just ask for it just like that and it's ours, huh? And I want to preference that with this, okay? Preface that with this, that, that God is not a genie in a bottle, that he's not this God that we just come and we just kind of, hey, God, I've got this request and, you know, I want a new car and you better give it to me because, you know, your Bible says ask, seek, and knock. So here, I need that new car with a uh, soda dispenser in it and it's just, you know, with all the right things, seat massager going on, uh, seat warmers, of course. Yeah, definitely need that. Uh, so, so you're making these, these requests and just expecting that God's going to give it to you because you ask. But this passage, it doesn't teach that. Yes, we should come to God and ask boldly for things and ask God to work in our lives. But it's also important to see that God is wise in his response to our prayers. That as a good father, he thinks through what we're asking for and he thinks about whether or not it's good for us. Don't you do that as a parent? That when your kid asks for something that you're just not going to say, oh, okay, it's eight o'clock at night. You want a bunch of soda and candy and stuff. Here you go. I'm a good parent. So here you go. That's all yours. No, you think through, is this good for me to give my kids? Is it good for me to say yes to this? Because if it's not, then you're not going to give it to them if you're a good parent. And that's exactly what God does. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows his will for our lives. And when we ask for stuff, he's thinking through whether or not it's good for us. He's thinking through whether or not it would bless us or hurt us. He's thinking through these things. He's a God with infinite wisdom and understanding who knows more than you and I. You know what? What a great resource to have in our lives. What a great resource to come and to ask God, hey God, I'm dealing with this situation. Can you give me some wisdom? We can do that anytime. The Bible says that we can come boldly and ask God for wisdom and that he will pour it out to us. It says that in James, that we can come and say, God, I need wisdom in this area. What do you got? Boom, here's some wisdom for you. So are you listening? Are you listening to God? Are you listening to the things that he was wanting to tell you? Because he's wanting to give you wisdom. He's wanting to help you. He's wanting to do that. He's a father who wants to protect us. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be protected. So he's not just going to give us anything. It says here, how many of you are a father who, when your kid asks for a fish, you give them a snake? No, he wants to give you good 
gifts. He only gives good gifts. You might be asking for a bad gift and you don't even realize it, but he wants to give us good gifts. I want you to think back to a time in your life where you were praying for something so fervently and you wanted it. And you thought, I have to have this God. Could you follow through and answer this prayer? And as you look back at that moment now, you think, man, that was the worst idea ever. I'm glad God didn't deliver that. I'm so glad he didn't answer that prayer. That would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster if I would have gotten that job and moved there. It would have been a disaster if I would have done that or didn't done this. That would have been a disaster. God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Thank you for being a God of wisdom who protected me through the midst of that. So he's a father who wants to bless us beyond what we could ever imagine, but he's going to do that by playing in his will, by staying in his will for our lives and making sure that we are safe and that we are protected and blessed in the process. Not only that, but he's a father who has a plan and he wants to keep us within that plan. So you know what some of the best prayers are? Some of the best prayers that we can ask for and some of the best things that we can ask for are things that we already know are a part of God's will. What do we know as a part of God's will? We know that he wants people to come to know him. So if we are praying prayers for our neighbors and we're saying, Lord, I pray that my neighbors would come to know you, what, what happens with that prayer? He wants to answer that prayer. He wants to use you to answer that prayer. He wants to bless you. It's already part of his will. We don't need to know whether or not he wants to say yes to that request. He desires to say yes to those things. So when we pray prayers that are already a part of God's will for our life, that gets exciting for him. When your kids want things that you like, that you enjoy, it gets exciting for you. You get pumped up. If you love camping and your kid asks to go camping, you're like, yep, right away. Let's pack up my tent. Let's go. Because you love when your kids ask and your kids love the things that you love. And God loves it when we love the things that he loves. And so let's begin to pray the kind of prayers that he would love. And let's align our heart with his. So the picture that we've been painting so far is that God is a father God who loves us, who wants to help us, who wants to protect us, who wants to answer our prayers. We can come and ask, seek and knock and ask for things, and he wants to bless us with those good things, and he wants to protect us from the things that, that we shouldn't ask for. But also, I want us to look at this text, and I want us to look at it in the context of what we've been reading over the last seven weeks. Because it's easy for us just to kind of zone in on this, ask, seek, and knock passage, and just kind of say, okay, um, this is a sermon on prayer, so we're just going to focus in on that. And it is a sermon on prayer, but what if we looked at it in the whole context of the Sermon on the Mount. Because what Jesus is really doing here with this passage is he's saying, hey, remember all the things that I've talked about so far? You know how hard those things are to live out on your own, out of your own strength? It's impossible. So if you want those things, if you want to love your enemies, then ask me for it. Ask, seek, and knock so that I could deliver those things to you so that I could change your heart from the inside out. That's the only way that you're ever going to love your enemies is if you ask, seek, and knock for it. That's the only way. So what are some of those things? What are some of those things that we can ask for that we've talked about over, this last, over these last several weeks? 
Well, I think one of those, like I said, is by loving your enemies and praying for them. And let me just ask, right, just a rhetorical question. How many of you are doing well at loving your enemies and praying for them? I'm sure it's 50-50 in here, right? Some feel like, man, I'm a pretty loving person. I'm doing well at it. Some of you would say, I'm doing terrible at it. So, so how do we respond to Jesus' text today that says, ask, seek, and knock? Well, we ask God for help in this area. And we say, God, I'm struggling. There's a person at work and they're driving me crazy. They're making my life miserable. They're doing everything they can to hurt me, to talk bad about me. And I'm having a whole lot of trouble loving them like you've asked me to love them. So Lord, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. Could you come in and transform my heart and help me to love them the way that you've asked me to love them in scripture? Because I can't do it on my own. I've been trying to love them and it's impossible. But could you come in and do that? And you know what God says? Because it's, part, it's a prayer that's part of his will. He says, I would love to do that for you. I would love to deliver that for you. And it might not happen overnight, just like that. But as you continue to seek, as you continue to ask for these things, God continually transforms your heart. And suddenly it becomes easier for you to love your enemies. As he goes down the list, right? I want you to remember one of the things we talked about is that God has called us to go the extra mile for people who are making your life difficult, which goes along with this loving your enemies thing. You say, Lord, I don't want to go the extra mile for them. They would never go the extra mile for me. Why would I want to do that for them? But Lord, would you transform my heart and give me the kind of heart that wants to go the extra mile for others? We talked about one of the weeks, having our eyes on Jesus and having a heart for heaven, that we're not just building up our treasures here on earth, but that we're building up treasures in heaven. And if we were to ask the question, how are you doing with that? Some of you would say, Jesse, it's really difficult. It's hard for me not to get my focus on this world and the things that I have and whether or not I have the right kind of cars or the right kind of house or the right kind of clothes and and all these things. And it's easy for me just to want to build treasures here on earth. And I'm telling you, all these things that Jesus talks about, they're hard things. And he realizes that. And he's telling us, Jesse, he's telling us, friends, ask me for help. Ask me for help living these things out. Ask me for help putting your heart in heaven and not just here on this earth. Ask, seek, and knock. He goes on, and and, and we talked about not worrying. And once again, a rhetorical question, how are you doing with not worrying? It's a tough one. Don't worry, really, Lord? You see what's going on in our world? You see what's going on at work? You see what's going on with my kids? You see what's going on, and you're saying, don't worry, he's coming back as a good father and he's saying, I didn't just give you these things and I'm going to leave you for you to figure it out on your own. No, I'm here and I'm asking you to come and ask, seek and knock so that I could transform your heart and I could help you to live these things that are so difficult for you to live on your own. I'm partnering with you to transform your heart to make that happen. Last week, talked about judging others. Rhetorical question once again, how are you doing with not judging others? Another difficult one. And I love how Jesus paints this sermon because he gives us some difficult things. He gives us some things, but then he says at the end of this, I want you to ask, seek, and knock. 
for my transformation of heart to happen in your life. I don't want you to just live these things in your head, but I want these things to go from your head to your heart. And the way that's going to happen is by you seeking me, by you chasing after me, by you asking for these things. And I want to transform your heart and help you to live all these things that I just talked about. You can't do it on your own. You need me to come and breathe life into your heart so that you could love your enemies, so that you could live for eternity, so that you could not judge others, so that you could love others the way that I've asked you to love them, so that you could not worry. All these things, you can't do it on your own. Stop trying so hard on your own and come to me because I want to give you all of these things. So friends, you've got a good, good father who wants to give you good things and he's asking us to come and ask, seek, and knock. When we ask, we can ask like a child boldly. We can come not with big words. We can come and ask. When we seek, it's a continual seeking It's continually seeking. It's not just asking once, but just continuing to seek. And Lord, I'm still not there yet. I'm still not loving my enemies the way that you want me to. And I'm coming seeking that out. Continue to work in me. And knocking has to do with persistence. And you're being persistent in this. Lord, I'm still not, I'm still struggling with worry. So here I am knocking once again. Would you transform my heart and make my heart aligned with your heart? God wants to deliver all of these things to us. He's a good, good father. His answer to us is not no, 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 but his answer to us is yes, yes, yes. I want to give you good things and I want to transform your heart. Will you let him? Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.